check this out. This is a true story, by the way. And believe it or not, it has nothing to do with Al. I just like doing that, Al. I felt, you feel motivated yet? Okay, anyway, that's right. <laughs> I digress. Let's go. This is actually a true story. So I'm told, I'm not making this up. Okay, there might be a little preference here, but I'm not making this up. Anyway, a while back, apparently, scientists at NASA actually built this gun. I'm not making this up. To specifically launch four-pound dead chickens at windshields of airliners, military jets, and the space shuttle, all traveling at maximum velocity to stimulate the frequent uh, incidences of collisions with airborne fowl. Okay, to test the strength of the windshields, right? You know, planes take off, unfortunately, the birds come in, smash through. They built this gun to launch four-pound dead chickens, right? Well, the British engineers heard about the gun, and they were eager to try it out on their windshields to test their new high-speed trains. So arrangements were actually made, and the replica of the gun was sent to the British engineers, okay? Well, when they fired the gun, the British engineers stood shocked as the chicken hurled out of the barrel, crashed into the shatterproof shield, smashed it to smithereens, blasted through the control panel, snapped the engineer's backrest in two, embedded itself in the back of the wall of the cabin like an arrow shot from a bow. Yeah, and so the horrified Brits actually sent NASA the disastrous results of their experiment along with the designs for their windshields and they begged the U.S. scientists for some suggestions and I'm not making this up. NASA actually responded apparently with a one-line memo that said this, defrost the chicken. <laughs> hey, I think the point's obvious. Defrost, baked, thawed, boiled, whatever. Chicken is evil, it's wrong, it's destructive and that's the obvious point. Uh, that's going on there. But uh, how many guys would say those British engineers paid a high price for missing out on a very important piece of information there? <laughs> right? It was very apparent, okay. And uh, but unfortunately, folks, believe it or not, the scientists there, the British scientists with that experiment, are not alone. They're not the only ones missing out on some serious important instructions, okay? And they're so serious, they come from God. And it's just one thing. He's been saying for 2,000 years, here's your instructions, man. Don't miss this. All you got to do is repent and get saved before he shoots out his wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet and you'll be fine. But no, no. People skip over that piece of information, act like it's no big deal. Everything's going to be just fine when it's not. You are running the risk of being thrust into the Antichrist kingdom and hell, you don't want to be there. And folks, that all begins at the rapture of the church. And we've been seeing folks over and over again. Jesus said the reason why it's going to be such a horrible time is because he said it. I didn't. It's the worst time in the history of mankind. Okay? It's horrid. Okay? And that unless God shortened that time frame, nobody would survive. Okay? And that's why we've been uh, continuing here on our study uh, called the final countdown. Okay? God's given us lovingly warning signs to let us know when it's getting close so we're not caught off guard. Okay? And uh, that's what we're going to continue to do today. Okay? And we've been seeing so far how the prophet John. Give it up for John and Ruth. That's right. Uh, well, the first it was going to be for the, you know, the new baby. Yay. For you guys telling Jennifer had her baby. That's good. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, it's because of John's next debut, as you're going to see here in just one second. He's happening. He's cool. Okay, as we can see there. And uh, I had word that apparently this is actually how you guys met at the skating rink, right? So, memories. He's happening, man. Look at him go. Okay, now I realize you're not going to pay attention. This is for your viewing pleasure, but bear with me. Uh, the number 10 sign on the final countdown was the Jewish people. Number 9 was modern technology. Keep watching John. Number 8, the worldwide upheaval. Number 7, the rise of falsehood. Number 6, the rise of wickedness. Get down, get down. Number 5, the rise of apostasy. Number 4, what do you see next week? The rise of a one world religion. <laughs> number 3, the rise of one world government. Number 2, the rise of a one world economy. Give it up for John in that big slide. Woo! Perfect timing, John. That's right. But the last four times we 
saw it was the sign of the mark of the beast. Hello. And what we saw is God lovingly in advance told us nearly 2,000 years ago that when you see all the nations on the world simultaneously promoting this, this marking system to be placed into people's bodies, specifically the right hand or the forehead, to link them to this global matrix system so that they can uh, have control for them, everything they buy and sell, guess what? Hey, like a lump it, believe it or not, you're living in the last days. And we saw that's happening now with the conditioning proof. And last time, if you're here, with the willingness proof, where we saw for the first time in the history of mankind, the technology is not just here, but people, young and old alike, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants this thing now. Remember that lady? Wasn't just the young whippersnappers who don't know better, who's not being taught Bible prophecy, who loves all this technology. Even older generations. Remember what she said? She says, I'm looking forward to the peace of mind. People are willing for the first time in the history of mankind, yeah, implant me with this Mark of the Beast technology. But that's not all the third way we know we're headed for this Mark of the Beast system is what I call the mandating proof. The mandating proof, okay? Again, put your thinking caps on this morning. You see, you might be out there thinking, well, hey, Pastor Billy, that's, that's crazy, man. All right, so, so some of those people we saw last week are willing, fully willing, excited, looking forward to so-called peace in mind by getting this microbe a chip technology implanted in them. That, that's crazy. That's nuts. I'm not going to do that. They can line up all they want. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. In fact, I'm not just not going to do it, but there's no way in the world somebody could make me do it. Really? You might want to read your Bible because that's exactly what the planet is headed for. The Antichrist is going to force you to do it. He's going to cause you to do it. He's going to make you do it whether you want to do it or not. Or guess what? You're going to die. This is why you don't want to be there. It's a horrible time frame. But don't take my word for it. Once again, back to the classic passage, Revelation 13. 11 through 18, talking about how they institute this marking system, the false prophet working in cohorts with the Antichrist. Revelation 13, if you find the dictionary, what do you do? Hang it left, that's right. Revelation 13, okay, verses 11 through 18. This is our classic text, we've been here before, but let's take a look at what he says here. Are people going to be forced to take this technology even if they resist it? Yes, they are. It's very clear there in the scripture. Let's take a look. Verse 11 says this, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, the false prophet, but he spoke like a dragon. Revelation 12 defines that as Satan. He is satanically inspired, okay? He exercised all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, on his behalf, and he what? Made the and its inhabitants worshiped the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed these great and miraculous signs even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs, okay, that he was given uh, to do on behalf of the beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. And he what? He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast, the Antichrist, whose wound, uh, who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could uh, speak and what? Cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also what? Force everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now this calls for wisdom. If anybody's got some insight, let him calculate the number of the beast for it is man's number. His number is 666. Okay? And folks, again, we've been here already a couple of times, but again, to remind ourselves, the Bible clearly says in this passage that the false prophet in the last days is not only going to do this. He's not only going to dupe the world into worshiping the Antichrist, but he's going to what? He's going to make you do it. He's going to make you do it. He's going to cause the planet to do it. He's going to order them to do it, right? And again, what's the penalties? Well, I'm not going to do that. He says right there, in fact, if you don't do it, you're going to die. You're going to be killed. 
And again, as we saw before, you look at the Antichrist who's inspired by Satan. What is one of the characteristics of Satan? He's a murderer and he's been one from the beginning. And so the Antichrist does the same thing. Same murderous threats. You're going to die. You do what I say, you're going to die. But that's not all. The other thing he says, he says, listen, in fact, if you not only don't worship him, but if you don't take his mark, then what's going to happen to you? It says it right there. He forced who? Everyone, small and great, rich and poor, the whole planet. You are going to be forced into doing it anyway, whether you want to or not. Okay, and so here's the point. The Bible says that they're going to make, they're going to force, they're going to order people to do what they don't want to do, worship the Antichrist or take the mark of the beast. And so this tells us, put your thinking caps on. You go, oh, we're, we're a million, million years away from this reality. All right, well, let's put it to the test. If we're getting close to the actual mark of the beast system, then logically, you not only need to have the technology, and we do, but at some point, folks, you have to have this technology moving from being just a mere convenience and, and, and the media uh, using propaganda to get us to get used to it and then to even having a few people being willing to receive it. But at some point, if we're getting close, you have to take away the option factor and you have to start to mandate it whether people want it or not, right? If we're getting close, you can't just have the technology. You have to start taking away the liberty to say no. And folks, can I tell you something? Even that, we are showing signs of being there as well. For the first time, folks, in mankind's history, we are moving towards the full implementation, listen, and the mandating of the mark of the beast system, whether you want to or not. Exactly like the Bible says. And the first proof that we're starting down this road, folks, to have this mark of the beast system mandated, you're not going to have a choice, folks, is by the step one of what's called a universal ID. Now, as you can see with those pictures, guess who had a universal ID before? And it was mandated upon him. It's called the Jewish people. But believe it or not, many people feel that Hitler was, a, if you will, a typology, a foreshadowing of the Antichrist to come. The Antichrist is going to, believe it or not, make what Hitler did look like chump change, so to speak. But the same thing's going to happen again, okay? The Jewish people had this put on their arms. It's going to happen again, folks. The Antichrist is going to mark us. Except this time it's going to be electronic. Again, you put yourself in the Antichrist shoes. I mean, here you are, as we've seen. Here's his ultimate goal. You're going to tag, you're going to track every single person on the planet to the point where you're going to link them to this matrix system to the point where you're going to control what they buy and sell, right? And at some point, it has to get prevalent to now you're going to force them to do it whether you want to do it or not, like with the Jewish people. And so the question is, well, how in the world are you going to get people used to the idea of now being forced into receiving some sort of implant into their bodies to track and tag them. Well, again, as always, folks, I'm telling you, it's a step-by-step -step process. How do you, apparently, how many of you guys ever eat a frog? Yeah, you can't eat those things. I don't necessarily recommend it, but, right? Okay, but uh, apparently the analogy is, you know, uh, you cook a frog, what, how do you do it? Right? You don't put it in boiling water right away or you what? Jumps right out and apparently makes that noise, too. Okay, but uh, right, what do you do? You, you, if you want to stay in the pot, you start really low and then slowly crank it. I'm telling you folks, it's the same ruse that he keeps playing on us today. If he shows up right now on the scene and says, everybody on the whole planet, receive the mark of the beast right now, people would freak, right? So what do you do? You warm people up to it. And the first way that they're warming us up to having a mandated microchip, folks, is step one. They are mandating for you and I to have a universal ID. And this universal ID is a universal ID card that has a microchip in it that we have to carry everybody on the planet, on the outside of them, in order to interact with the system. And see, once you get that into place and everybody gets used to having that mandated, you have to have a global ID card with a microchip in it outside of you. 
then hey, eventually move to your ultimate goal and move that mandated uh, uh, microchip card on the inside of you, right? Because we all know those cards, you can lose them, right? And, and if you had it on the inside, nobody loses it, you can't steal it, be safe, be secure, right? And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Billy, there you go once again. This is another one of your conspiracy theory things, man. There's no proof for this. There's no proof that they're starting with phase one, a mandatory ID card that has a chip in it that's going to link us to the system to buy and sell and do all kinds of stuff. And then that's just step one of getting us to put that card on the inside. Well, you know the sarcasm. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah, we're already there. How many of you guys have heard lately for actually quite some time now, they keep drilling in the news, immigration, immigration. We've got to control immigration. It's immigration this, immigration that. We've got to control the borders. These people, this is not right. Who's this? The debate. Ha, ha, ha. It just never stops. Well, did you know, folks, what got hidden in the new immigration bill? A mandatory, a mandatory ID chipped card for everybody in the United States. And wait till you hear what you and I will not be able to do unless we have this mandatory ID chip card in the new immigration bill. Ron Paul exposed it. And you think that we would ever learn our history? I don't think so. Remember the days with Hitler? Let me see your papers. We're going right back to it, except it's electronic now in the United States. Let's take a look. May I see your papers? I don't think I have them on me. In that case, we'll have to ask you to come along. Wait, it's possible that, uh, yes. Here we are. These papers expired three weeks ago. You have to come along. Halt! Halt! And then we should develop a tamper-proof ID card. And then if you got the tamper-proof ID card, you'd be allowed to work, pay taxes, get online, become a citizen, follow the rules. It's by far the worst national ID scheme the status have come up with yet. They're still hiding their true intentions, but in the wake of recent events, the statists believe they have the perfect excuse to ratchet up their attacks on our remaining liberties. Right now, the so-called Gang of Eight in the United States Senate, including Senators John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and Chuck Schumer, are working with President Obama to sneak this massive national ID card power grab into a new immigration reform law that's being used as a cover for all sorts of statist madness. I hardly know where to begin. The 844-page so-called immigration reform monstrosity is a status dream. Not only does this bill increase federal spending, it mandates every American carry a national ID card with their photo and creates a new federal database containing biometric information on every American, such as fingerprints and retinal scans. The card would be required for all U.S. workers regardless of place of birth, making it illegal for anyone to hold a job in the United States who doesn't attain an ID card. All employers would be required to purchase an ID scanner to verify the ID cards by making sure the information on the card matches the information in the federal database. So every time any citizen applies for a job, the government would know, and you can bet it's only a matter of time until ID scans will be required to travel, attend public events, or even make routine purchases as well. That's interesting. You mean we could actually get to the point where we have to carry around an electronic ID card with a chip in it in order to buy and sell? Folks, they are masters of deceit. That's who Satan is. Okay, deceit, deceit, deceit. Matthew 24, when the disciples asked Jesus, hey, what, what are the signs you're coming? How do we know we're getting close? The first thing out of his mouth, he says, watch out that no one deceives you. 
We're distracted. We're, oh, we're just, we're, the whole time we're all worried about, hey, is the economy going to swing around? Is it looking, how's that, is it coming back? Is all, hey, who's going to win the game? Huh? All this is going through. Step by step, taking away our freedoms back to the days of Hitler. You might be thinking, man, this is crazy. We can't go back to that. Not in the United States. Come on. We can't go back to the days of Hitler with the Jews. Let me see your papers. You get shot. This has got to be against the law. Well, again, while we've been snoozing at the wheel, as far back as 1986 with the passage of the Immigration Control Act that gives the, quote, president the authority to implement whatever type of identification is necessary to control the population. And if you don't like it, apparently that's too bad because according to law, as it's written, the president, listen, has the authority uh, to put all this into action using FEMA to, quote, restore order. And another executive order, listen, this uh, that was signed allows the president to, quote, listen, empower the postmaster general to register all men, all women, and all children in the United States. That's right, kids, go down to the post office and get your chip. And you're thinking, well, this is crazy. How, how do we even get to this point? This is nuts. Well, folks, if you, again, learn our history. Those who don't learn their history are doomed to repeat it, Right? His kids in school, they don't even know capitals, they don't know nothing. That's, anyway, I think there's a reason why they don't want us to learn our history. But this isn't the first time that we've had something, a card mandated upon us. Anybody know anything about a social security card? Do you know the history of the social security card? Okay, the history of the social security card, first of all, if you recall, it was supposed to be just for tracking individual accounts for those who enrolled in social security, and it was never, ever, ever, ever supposed to be used for ID purposes. That's how it was introduced. Now try getting around that one, right? You need a social security card for just about everything. Folks, I'm telling you, we've been warmed up to this. And if you don't think that our government, even a government around the world, isn't going to require a universal mandatory ID chip card to be marked with this thing that you have to carry on the outside of you, you're wrong. You need to go and do the research yourself. This is happening right now, not just in the United States, but around the world. Step one is in high gear. The European Union is preparing to give its citizens a universal identification so they can, quote, freely move about from country to country. Japan has launched its own compulsory, meaning mandatory, you have to, ID system. It's called JukiNet, and it links all the citizens to the national database system. Germany's doing it too. Mexico's doing it too. Even Africa, you're thinking, not the third world countries. Yes, they're doing it too. Even Israel. It's going global just like the Bible says. And you might be thinking, well, this is crazy. Speaking of world countries, I mean, some of those, I mean, like with Africa and Indian stuff, you got people that live out in the hills. They don't, you know, they're not well developed like us here. How in the world are you going to get them to mandate a card? I mean, that's crazy. And plus there's like India, what, 1.2 billion people? That costs too much money. That's, that's a Herculean task. Nobody's going to uh, do for every single person on the planet. It's not feasible. Well, folks, you might want to tell that to India. Right now, as we sit here in the sanctuary, they are marking every single person in their country. All one point, not million, 1.2 billion of them. And wait till you hear what they won't be allowed to do if you don't get this marked card. Let's take a look at that. Now, the fingerprints and eye scans of every person in India are being gathered in the biggest biometric database in the world. More than 1.2 billion people's data will be on the system, which will give access to the welfare state. This is an enormous task. The fingerprints and eye scans of every Indian in the country are being taken and collated into an online database. When complete, everyone will have a unique 12-digit identity number. It will enable them to access India's vast and unwieldy welfare state.
there are a large number of Indians who don't have any form of identity whatsoever. So this is a way to include them into the society and give them the benefits. Hmm. Did, did you catch that? Every, when this is done, you can say it's not feasible, it's going to cost too much. They're doing it. America's jump change. This is 1.2 billion people. And it said there that they're each going to have their own unique number. The number of the beast. The number. He's going to number people. Interesting. Okay. But let me translate what that guy was saying there. Basically, he says, in other words, this is a great way, guys. <laughs> Why would you sneeze at this? To get every single person, even all 1.2 billion of them, a universal ID card so they can access the system to buy and sell. He said, well, he didn't say that. Well, well, you need to understand what the program is envisioned to do. Listen, and this is a direct quote. To facilitate, once you get these cards, to facilitate, not just give you access to the system, but to facilitate everything from banking transactions to the purchases of goods and services. What's that? Buy and sell. 1.2 billion people will not be able to buy and sell unless you've got this electronic ID card that you carry on the outside of you. Now, if you think this is not going global, it is. Because the UN, if you've been paying attention, but of course we're not. We're too distracted with other things. They're calling for a global ID card where every person in the world would be, listen, registered under a universal identification. Every person on the planet. Okay, listen, a global ID card, quote, is being called for to be issued to every person on the planet, not only, listen, to identify themselves, but to give access to all governmental services, health care services, listen, allows them uh, to uh, drive a car, to get a job, to get insurance, to gain access to buildings, and of course, guess what? To pay for things. Wow. Well, let me see if I can put this together. First, what you do... Is, is you get this universal ID chip card mandated on the outside of people over the whole planet. And then after you get that accomplished, then you go to phase two and you mandate this universal ID chipped on the inside of people across the planet. Anybody think that's a logical step that the Antichrist would do? Yeah, in fact, when you continue to study, you, you know that's exactly what he's going to do. The second proof, folks, that we've already started showing signs of having this Mark of the Beast system, not just available, not just people willing, not just the convenience factor being sold to us, getting us warmed up to the idea, but it be mandated is a universal goal. This is really what they're doing. A universal goal, folks. Once again, put yourself in the Antichrist shoes, okay? You're going to have some element of the population out there. Some of us, like here at Sunrise, who after all this time of Bible prophecy, we might have an inkling of Bible prophecy, right? Mike, say something, please. Thank you, <laughs> right? And, and so we're not going to be duped by this, right? I mean, we can clearly see what this is leading to. We're not, we've been well-equipped. We've been prepared. We know that this universal electronic ID chip card is leading to step two, a universal microchip inside of you, right? It's common sense. So what's he going to do with those people, right? What's he going to do with people who know the scripture? Well, once again, warm them up to it like a frog in a pot. What you do is you, is, is you first get them used to the idea of uh, and allowing the rights to be taken away by having something mandatory being put inside of them in the first place. You know, like with what we're seeing across the country, mandatory vaccinations. What's that? It's going in you whether you like it or not. Uh, okay, I guess we'll let them die. And you think they're going to stop there? No. Uh, and then we're seeing mandatory blood samples. We already saw this before. Mandatory blood samples being taken from DUI suspects, right? Mandatory DNA samples being taken from somebody when they get pulled over, even if they're not guilty of a crime. Right? 
But I guess they'll stop there, won't they? No. Okay, but, but then what you, okay, well, they're used to that. I know what you do. You, you, here's your ultimate goal. You start at the end of the spectrum, right? And, and you microchip those people. And then you slowly but surely work your way towards your ultimate goal, everybody on the planet. And so what you do is you start off with those dangerous people. You know, like those prisoners, you know, those criminals, those bad people. They deserve to have the rights taken away by being forced to getting a microchip implant. I mean, that's okay, right? Well, believe it or not, folks, that's already in high gear. That's what they're promoting. We need to force prisoners to be microchipped. Let's take a look at that. The trouble with tracking sex offenders has put a controversial plan before state lawmakers. Instead of GPS bracelets, convicts would be forced to have a device implanted. Uh, Mary, the thinking is this. You can track someone on their phone. You can even track your own pet if you want to. So why not track sex offenders using a tiny radio chip? David Torrance, a level three sex offender, ripped his criminal tracking device from his ankle and disappeared. Authorities had no idea where he was, but soon that might change. Instead of ankle bracelets like the one Torrance was wearing, sex offenders might have something like this implanted. Be a little more difficult to take off. Yeah. Yeah, you get that on the inside of you. you how, how you getting that thing off? Okay. Wait, wait, wait a second. You, let me see if I get this straight. First, we 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 said because these are the bad people. They don't deserve to have rights. Get this tracking bracelet on the outside of you first. But that wasn't the ultimate goal, was it? Now, get this tracking device, this microchip on the inside of you. That's where have I heard that before? That process first on the outside, and the ultimate goal is on the inside. But that, see, see, no, don't stop there. No, 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 no. That's just the end of the spectrum. And then what you do is you work, work your way a little bit closer now towards your ultimate goal. And, 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 and what you need to do, don't try it out just on these people who are behind bars. Here's what you do. Uh, try it on those people who, um, who've lost their memory. Right? I mean, so, hey, listen, they don't know better anyway. They got Alzheimer's on you. Come on. If we put a chip inside of those people, I mean, come on. It'd be awesome. We could track them. We could keep them safe. No more worries. And believe it or not, folks, that's already being done, too. Let's take a look at that into the spectrum. Ida became one of four and a half million Americans diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Well, she was... Uh, being very forgetful, she would ask the time all and repeat the questions over and over again. Which is why Ida is one of the first patients at this Alzheimer's Center in Florida to be implanted with a microchip. When an Alzheimer patient presents in an emergency room or is found wandering in a certain location, once their arm is scanned, it would immediately designate who they are, their identity, and the fact that they are an Alzheimer patient. Well, folks, there you have it. Once again, the CEO of Verichip, Scott Silverman, he tells us what he worried about. I mean, this is for their own good, right? But no, 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 you're on a roll now. Don't stop that. What you do, again, you work your way in towards your ultimate goal. And so now moving a little bit closer, okay? And, and how about if you start mandating these chips for um, policemen and soldiers, right? I mean, hey, the mentality seems to be that they're not really people. They're government property anyway, right? And if we just ship them to, why buy cracky? Just like those Alzheimer's patients, just like those prisoners, why? We'll keep them safe on the streets, on the battlefield, no matter where they go, if they'll just get a microchip implant. Believe it or not, folks, they're starting to talk about doing that right now. In fact, some of the policemen are already doing it. Let's take a look at that. Sergeant Bill Koretsky's implanted medical microchip may have saved his life. His story begins in the middle of a high-speed police chase in New Jersey. And the 
brakes on the police car overheated. The car wouldn't stop, and I hit a telephone pole dead center at 40 miles an hour. The airbag did not deploy. I didn't have my seatbelt on, and I hit the, wind, the uh, steering wheel. Paramedics rushed Koretsky to Hackensack University Medical Center. Thanks to his implant, doctors immediately discovered Koretsky's diabetes. Because they regained consciousness within, uh, full consciousness within an hour. But if I had, did not, I could have gone into a coma. If the Verichip Corporation has its way, Koretsky's story will become the norm. Keeping track of troops in Iraq, the military is already using uh, some type of GPS on some soldiers. But what more can be done? CNN's Brian Todd takes a look in this week's Tech Effect. One option, placing a tracking microchip under a service member's skin. Former U.S. Special Operations officers tell us they believe that's being developed. Current military officials won't comment on that. Hmm. I wonder why they won't comment on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me, wait, wait a second. There's a little piece there that I need to bring. Um, first, it was the external GPS tracker for the soldiers. And then now they're moving towards, hey, let's go ahead and put that baby on the inside of soldiers. Anybody seeing a plan there? Maybe a pattern, possibly? But that's right, don't stop there. No, 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 listen, if it's good for the soldiers and the policemen and the Alzheimer's patients and the prisoners, hey, why not for kids? I mean, you know, come on, those little crumb snatchers, those guys, what'd you call them, Donna? The little rugrats, what's the other? Linoleum lizards, you know what those things are, those kids, those why, right? I mean, they're getting lost all the time, right? In the mall, in the yard, and you got those nasty predators. I'm telling you what, folks, I mean, we, if we can get those kids microchipped too, they'll be safe and secure, no more worries, parent. And believe it or not, these people think that's a fabulous idea. Let's take a look at that. Well, my first instinct is it sounds like science fiction. The microchip is safe in humans. Dr. Jonathan Musher, who works for the company that sells the chip, says it will save lives. The FDA stands firmly behind this. He admits there have been no long-term studies on people, but nonetheless, he's convinced it's safe. And there are some who see no problem using the chip for more than a medical ID. Parents are putting these chips in kids in Mexico where there's a higher risk of kidnappings. The scanners are put up at airports and bus stations, so if a chipped child is there, police know. There's been over 10 million pets in 15 years that have had this microchip without any problems. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, that, that qualms your fears right there, right? <laughs> the doctor puts it on the line, hey, if it's good for Fido, it's good for little Frankie, little Susie, little Johnny, all those little crumb snatchers, and linoleum lizards. I think that's my favorite one. That's hard to say. But it's a good one. I mean, folks, this is awesome. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we all just get our own adult implant too? I mean, because what's left? Oh, yeah, that's the last one. Interesting. And, and then folks, you might think, well, I'm not going to that. Well, remember, it's moving towards a mandate. You're going to be forced into doing it. And did you know that the latest adult trend with these microchips is that uh, uh, you might have to get one to keep your job? That's already begun as well. Check this out. There's my chip right there. So you can actually see it. It's about the size of a grain of rice, and it feels like it too. But what that tiny chip can and can't do has become the source of much concern and confusion. I was in a grocery store, and a couple ladies said, Hey, you're the guy with the chip in your arm, aren't you? You know, run across the scanner so we can see if we get a, a discount on groceries. 
Sean Darks is the CEO of CityWatcher.com, a small company in Cincinnati that's the first U.S. business to use chip implants in its employees. Chip implants have been common in pets for several years, giving the owner peace of mind that their lost animal could be identified. And for retail giant Walmart, the chips are used as smart barcodes to keep track of thousands of products. But for use in people, well, privacy advocates think we shouldn't open that door. Like it or not, we're in that brave new world, and it might not be long before your boss is literally getting under your skin. <laughs> that was my Marquis joke, in case you didn't get it. Under, okay, all, me and Ron got it. Let's move on, shall we? Whoa! Did you see that? You want to work for that company? What do you got to get? You got to get a microchip implant. Sounds like a mandate to me, right? And folks, if you think, listen, that Congress will never go along with this mandate, you need to think again. Once again, let's put this now in its context as we've been leading up to this. Let's take a look at that video again of the conversation between Joseph Biden, the vice president, and then-candidate Chief Justice John Roberts. And you tell me if these guys won't ever mandate that all of us have to get a microchip implant. Let's take a look at that. And we'll be faced with equally consequential decisions in the 21st century. Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that. Mark my words before your tenure is over. I think the real concern that most people have is that, you know, at some point the government would say, line up and get your chip. Ah, oh, but come on, they wouldn't do that now, would they? I don't know. I mean, that was that was a few years ago. And, and what, what did what did he say to now, Chief Justice Roberts? He says that you, you're going to rule on that. You are going to rule on that. You mark my words. You're going to rule on that before you get out of office. He's been there for a while. Now here's what's wild, folks. It's not just two people that we're well uh, familiar with, the Vice President and now Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. But uh, uh, wait a second. Learn your history. These are the exact same two guys of all people on the planet having this discussion. These are the exact same two guys who mandated for us to have to have health care whether you want it or not. And remember before it went to the Supreme Court, there was that exhale like, <gasps> okay, the president could promote that thing, but it ain't going no further because that's so unconstitutional. It's crazy. And who was the swing vote? Whoa. You mean to tell me the exact same two guys who mandated us to have health care had a prior discussion about everybody getting a microscopic tag to track their every move? Is that really a stretch to think it's coming? I don't. I don't put it past them. Folks, this is how close we are. This is a step-by-step -step process. This is not 50 years down the road. This is all happening right now. And as always, the point is this, how much more information? What has God got to do to get our attention? The seven-year tribulation is real. Going to hell for all eternity is real. God go there. So in advance, out of love, he gives us all these signs, all this information, even about the mark of the beast now, so that we're not caught off guard. This is why Jesus says every single time, church, this is not depressing. This is awesome news. Stand up, lift up your head. Your redemption draws near. What's that mean? Jesus Christ is coming back to get his charge. We're going to be with him forever in a place beyond the wildest dreams. Don't you long for that more than this garbage can? Amen. That's what this means. But if you're here today as a Christian, don't miss the boat. Because if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to miss the boat. And you ain't going. You're going to be left behind. 
and you'll be thrust into the absolute worst train wreck in the history of mankind. I didn't say that. Jesus did. And this is why God told us this amazing promise. He said it's open to anybody. You don't have to be left behind. John 3.16, the classic passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Why? So that whoever, that's no matter what you've done, where you've been, what your background is, it doesn't matter what sins, it doesn't matter. Whosoever is whosoever that believes in him and Jesus and his work on the cross. You will not perish, but God will give you a gift called eternal life. He's willing to forgive you. All you got to do is receive it. God allowed what he's saying here for his own son to take the punishment, to take the hit for our crimes against God. God allowed his son Jesus Christ to be crushed for our sins. So that Jesus can become the bridge between us and God to get us to the other side. All you got to do is receive that. Maybe this analogy will help you understand what God has done for us by giving us his son so that we could be free with him. We'll close in prayer after this. Let's take a look.
Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder and you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. E for instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime, 
they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.